Today I want to welcome uh, Anthony Houston. Anthony uh, has a CPA firm. Uh, he is the founder and proprietor of uh, Houston and Company CPA. Uh, he's based here in Florida. And uh, the reason we invited him along and to, uh, to interview with him is to uh, gather information from him, particularly to do with small businesses uh, because since we are in the sale and purchase of business, we facilitate people buying and selling a business. We want to understand more about the various structures of business. We want to understand more about the implications tax-wise for buyers and sellers. And uh, I want to uh, thank you for coming along. And I want to ask you um, a variety of questions. So uh, let's get started. People who want to buy a business, what are some of the considerations they need to think about from a tax standpoint? When you're buying a business, um, the tax considerations are fairly simple. One of the things you've got to make sure is that the taxes on the company are in fact paid and you're getting um, the company free and clear, especially where payroll is involved or sales tax. Those are two areas that routinely have to be checked to make sure that the payments are made and that you're not buying into a company that has some lingering debts out there. Um, there's a couple of different ways you can purchase a company. One is where you buy the assets of the company, which is the usual method and more preferred. And the other one is where you buy the membership units or the stock, which is little less normal than what I see. Um, a person that's buying a business should look at the appraisal of the business and there's three different approaches in which you can use approved um, approaches. One is the uh, income approach, one's an asset approach, one's a market approach. And within those, there are several different ways to uh, appraise a business. You can get some kind of an idea of what the value of the business is. There is a way to do that. Um, the, the main course for a buyer is setting up an entity that's separate from the other entity. This clears you from potential lingering debts or possible problems, um, potential problems. Some of the things that I have seen in the past is tangible personal property tax. When you're buying the assets and you're at the same location, if the tangible personal property tax is not paid for, then you could be liable for it even though you bought this new entity and it's a brand new entity. Same way with sales tax and same way with some income taxes or payroll taxes. So those are main concerns for a buyer. The price is always an issue and the price is gonna be determined by the buyer and the seller. And seller is interested in, you know, uh, knowing why the seller is selling is a good example. One of my first questions, why is he selling? You know, um, is he older and he wants to retire? Is it an exit strategy for him? Is he a young guy that just got tired of doing whatever he's doing? And knowing that is um, going to be very beneficial to the, to the buyer because now the buyer will understand what, why and what is happening. In, t in case, if he's buying into a company that it, it has some other issue or transact, you know, something going on out there that is not readily available through the financials, they'll know about it by why the uh, seller is leaving the business. And, you know, it could be a, a numerous different re reasons. And I, I see lately, I've seen more and more people just with an exit strategy.
So you know some of the things you mentioned about to do with um, outstanding sales tax, uh, possibly outstanding intangible tax. Um, um, do they really transfer to the new owner if they established a new corporation or LLC? Absolutely. I've seen tangible personal property taxes for in excess of twenty-five dollars and $30,000 get hit to the new business just because it's the building and he bought the assets. So that tangible personal property tax can transfer even to a new company if it's at the same location. Uh, so can sales tax. Uh, so I'd be real careful uh, and make sure that what you're buying is free of taxes and free of debt and but isn't it partially what the attorney does when he's doing the closing or prior to the closing he does that type of uh, title search if you will or research to the due sure. diligence for that will always fall on the buyer attorneys and CPAs can do just so much and some of these taxes may not be you may not be able to get that tax because um, the IRS, for instance, has a fiduciary responsibility not to tell a third party. So the, the seller is somewhat protected, um, so they may not be readily available. So in the agreements, you should always make sure that you have some protection. And that's what the attorney will do for you is set up an agreement where if there is some taxes or back taxes, that um, the uh, seller would be responsible for them. Now we look at the seller side of the equation. Uh, what uh, taxes may the seller be responsible for specifically to the IRS uh, after the closing? A good example of what everybody asks me is how much am I going to pay tax on this business? Well, through the course of business, you've been filing tax returns, you've been filing financial statements, hopefully monthly, so you'll know approximately what your tax basis is. Tax basis is different from what cash is going to be available for you. A good example is you fully depreciated all your equipment in your building and there's not much in the way of tax basis left. So you're selling a business for $500,000 say and there's the assets that you're selling are, are valued on tax returns at say twenty dollars or $30,000 there's going to be a very big tax consequence. Um, it's usually long-term capital gains, which is about 20% these, these days, could be a little bit more depending on how large the sale is. Um, the sale of the assets, when you're selling the assets, that is to be, that's the concern for the seller is what is his tax basis. Now, if the business is heavily laden with debt and he's selling the business he may have to use that cash to pay the debt off and not have enough cash to actually pay the taxes so pricing it is going to be extremely important but if the business typically has no debt and it's being sold and he has a very low basis he he could easily expect to pay 20 percent on the capital gain so Let's say the cost base is $100,000 and he's selling it for $500,000. There's a $400,000 uh, gain. That's approximately $80,000 in taxes, approximately. But there may be other taxes as well due. And depending upon how the entity was set up, the entity could wind up paying the taxes in the case of a C-Corp or 
the S-Corp would pay it and then flow the gain through to the individual. Or if it's a sole proprietorship, it's going to hit right on your personal return right, right from day one. So the entity and the way you're setting it up is important and will classify how the transaction is going to occur. But generally speaking, um, there's capital gains on it. Now, some of the capital gains, if it's um, equipment that you're selling and large amounts of it, there could be some recapture of depreciation at 25%. And it gets a little more complicated as we get you know, more assets and whether amortizable or not. So Anthony, we've talked about the implications, tax implications for buyers. I'd love to ask you now about uh, the seller side and how the sale of a business can impact the seller, uh, whether or not they take a note or not. So if seller financing is involved, how will that impact the seller? And if, if it's a cash purchase, how will it implicate the seller? Like what, their, what the distinctions will be and um, what, the, what the overall outcome will be for the seller assuming a $250,000 business. A seller sells a $250,000 business, he's going to establish a basis, a tax basis, which is a fairly complicated process. So let's pick a number out of the air and say it's $100,000. So there's $150,000 there that is a gain for tax purposes. That $150,000, if it's, the business has been longer than 12 months, will be long-term capital gains. So he's going to pay 20% in taxes on that depending upon whether it's a C-Corp or an S-Corp or a sole proprietor or a partnership, that money will flow through and eventually show up on the individual's return as a long-term capital gain. If it's a C-Corp, the C-Corp will actually pay the taxes inside the C-Corp. Um, the challenges to the seller is to maximize the amount of, of the sale. And the way you do that is by maximizing profits, showing more and more profits. So many, there's a, a fine line there where you don't want to show profits and then pay taxes on it. But when you go to sell a business, you want to be showing profits and you want to be able to show some of the things that the owner is getting from the business, like benefits. How much personal salary is he taking out? The business is doing $500,000 a year is, and he's paying himself $100,000. That's 100,000 personal benefit then there's depreciation could be 20,000 a year. So that's another $120,000 that is going to be in the favor of the seller and actually, you know, he'll get a better price. So are you specifically now talking about calculation of owner's benefit in this case? Correct. And what you want to do is um, maximize that. So when you're selling a business, you want to maximize your profits for at least a couple of years before you put it up for sale. Um, making sure that you have a good staff or, you know, your employees are well taken care of if there are any. And you want to make sure your assets are in pretty good shape. Um, and the basis on those assets is going to be important for the tax calculation. The tax calculation is something that any good CPA should be able to do it. We do them all the time in my office. It's um, pretty cut and dry. I would not uh, recommend you trying to do that on your own. It is fairly complicated. And there's a lot to consider. In the selling of the business, you can easily get an appraisal of your own business and find out approximately what it should sell for in your industry. Every industry is different. Every pricing model is different. And there are some pricing models that are 
more appropriate for certain industries would would not be appropriate. Uh, restaurants, for one, you know, the market approach may or may not be correct for a restaurant. Uh, whereas, if it's a manufacturing company, they're going to more look towards uh, an asset approach because manufacturing is so heavily uh, loaded with assets, usually machinery and equipment, that type of thing. Um, in, in pricing out a business, it, the seller wants to maximize the money he's going to get. So there's two ways he can do that. One is by taking a cash sale. He's going to pay taxes on the cash he receives after the tax basis has been calculated. If he chooses to do an installment sale where he is going to hold paper of, say, $100,000 on the $250,000 we were just talking about, then he can then, every year over the next five years that he's collecting on this money, he'll pay taxes only on the cash he receives. So in some cases, for the seller, holding paper can be a benefit because he defers the tax to a future period and maybe lowering his tax in the year of the sale by that 100000 which he's going to receive in year two, three, four, and five, by that way, he's deferring it and possibly putting himself in a lower tax bracket. This is a complicated calculation and, and should be really looked at closely. Um, and many times, many times, it'll actually determine when you sell. If you're going to sell on December 31st, you're going to sell on January 1st. That's a, a big question that I have to deal with with many businesses when they're sold, the uh, timing of the, of the sale. And if and the installment agreement is the other one that has to be reported properly on the tax returns. It's a complicated issue, but we deal with them all the time.